all of our patrons will automatically qualify for our exclusive prize draw. At the end of the season, eight of them will be randomly selected and written into one of the thrilling chapters of season five. To enter, click the link in our description and sign up as a patron today. Almost all of us have experienced the loss of life that comes with death. We have all heard phrases used to describe the passing of a loved one to comfort the bereaved that are left behind. We often say they have moved on, with some suggesting that they have even gone to a better place. These are gentle ways to describe the very blunt act of death itself. And to an atheist, it is nothing but poetic wording to soften the blow. Even so, it is still said, shared, and appreciated. The constant theme throughout these terminologies is recognizable and consistent. That the dead are not gone, but have embarked on a new journey, heading to a new location that will never be understood amongst the living. With talk of the deceased and their travels, the physical journey of the dead is rarely discussed. Of course, why would it be? The idea of travelling corpses is nothing but strange or unsettling to many, a somewhat unnatural act of those that we consider to be so still and rested. However, as much as we do not like to think about it, the dead pass us by all the time in a very real sense, in the very real physical world. My name is Luke Mordew. And this modern myth is Railway of the Dead. A body may lay quietly in its coffin as it rests in the back of the hearse that gently carries it. Pallbearers may carry a body into a funeral ceremony. There are many ways for a body to travel to its final resting place, and the moving of corpses is not unheard of, it is just that we often do not think of it. In my travels between urban legends, I stumbled across one for this chapter that resided right on my doorstep in the city of London. It is a part of history often understood as an urban legend, one with enough realism to make it believable yet just about outlandish enough for it to be a story worth telling. The legend speaks of the remnants of a railway line along the famous underground of the capital city. This line, above all others, was notable for one particularly dark and unnerving reason. Like many others, this train travelled along the old metal tracks under the city streets. However, this one did not hold within it the tired men and women of the city as they travelled back and forth to work. In each carriage of this particular train were people travelling through the famous London Underground. It was just that the passengers of this train were all dead. The Railway of the Dead is a story shared by those who hear it as fact. It is often dismissed by many as surely we would have a greater knowledge of such a morbid part of history. Although, as it seems, the history of London is so morbid, gothic, and dark, 
even things as strange as a train line for the dead are forgotten. I found the idea of a railway designed only for the dead fascinating yet unbelievable. Nevertheless, perhaps due to finding so many of these legends to be half-truths, I had also assumed it was nothing but a tale, one that may have some form of foundation but had inevitably been jazzed up and misinterpreted. However, as it turns out, this legend is entirely true. In the November of 1854, the London Necropolis Company, also known as the LNC, opened a line under the London Necropolis Railway. It was designed to carry corpses and mourners between London and the LNC's newly opened Brookwood Cemetery, 23 miles southwest of the city in Surrey. At the time, Brookwood held the title of the world's largest cemetery due to its intended design to be large enough to accommodate all the deaths in London for centuries to come. The LNC was, of course, a business, and the intention was not to supply a resting place out of the kindness of their hearts. It was more to do with the hopes of gaining a monopoly on the City of London's burial industry. London's dead were commonly buried in and around the local churches of the deceased's living residency. However, with a growing limitation on the amount of space available for burials, the oldest graves were regularly exhumed to free up space for new bodies. The London population more than doubled in the first half of the 19th century, expanding from just under a million in 1801 to the very busy number of two and a half million by 1851. The spread of human life across the city seemed too fast for the space left behind for the dead, as the land set aside for graveyards remained unchanged. Graveyards became congested, decaying corpses began contaminating the water supply, and the city suffered regular epidemics of cholera, measles, typhoid and smallpox. Around this time in history, the limited knowledge of diseases meant that the public health policy was primarily shaped by the miasma theory, the belief that airborne particles were the primary factor in spreading contagious diseases. Due to this, the bad smells and risks of disease caused by piled bodies and exhumed rotting corpses gave birth to a large amount of public anxiety. It was in 1842 that a royal commission investigated the problem at hand and concluded that London's burial grounds had become so overcrowded that it had become near impossible to dig a new grave without cutting through an existing one. The problem was only exacerbated by a cholera epidemic between 1848 and 1849, killing 14,601 people in the city. With this, the burial system had become completely overwhelmed. Now, bodies were stacked as they awaited burial, and graves reasonably young in their plotting were being exhumed to make way for new cadavers. If you've been listening to my show for some time now, you'll have most likely noticed that there's large gaps between seasons. 
I often receive comments, messages, and emails from listeners requesting our return. And I do sincerely wish that these gaps could be shorter. You see, when delving into the captivating tales of folklore and urban legends, there's a lot to uncover. And it's extremely important to me that we maintain our standard of accuracy. But this takes time. I create this content and release it for free, and this won't change. But the show does require support. So if you love what we do, and you want to be part of Urban Legends' continued expansion, then you can join us over at Patreon by following the link in our show notes. Through Patreon, you can spare as little as £3 a month to support the show and ensure its longevity. As a Patreon supporter, you'll receive each new chapter the Friday before its official release date every week, giving you early access. On top of this, there'll be no ads and you'll also receive a private podcast feed just for you. You'll also receive a discount code for all of our upcoming merchandise and have access to behind the scenes looks into our progress. You'll also have access to our group chat on the Patreon app where you can talk to myself and others about all things folklore. And to show my gratitude, I'll personally thank each of you at the end of every chapter. The minimum cost of a subscription is less than a cup of coffee. However, I'm running this through a honor system, giving you the opportunity to give more if you wish and are able to do so. So please do give what you can. If you can't do that, or if you want to know what more you can do, then please do leave us a rating on Spotify, a review on Apple Podcast, or anywhere else you listen to our show. The more we grow, the faster these turnarounds will be. You can find out more and join us by following the Patreon link in our show notes and clicking join. So come with us and let's uncover the mysteries of urban legends together. But for now, back to the legend. The Necropolis Railway, known in some corners as the Railway of the Dead, was opened in 1854 as a reaction to this overcrowding problem. It aimed to use railway technology to transfer as many burials as possible to the newly built aforementioned Brookwood Cemetery. The idea was that it was within easy travelling distance of London, and yet far enough for the diseased not to pose any risk to public health. The railway mostly ran along the tracks that already resided on the London and South Western Railway, but it also had its own branches from the main line at London and Brookwood. The trains carried both passengers and coffins from a dedicated station in Waterloo onto the tracks. The building the trains left was close to what we now know as the famous London Waterloo Station, and was explicitly designed for mourners. Inside were many waiting rooms, which could, if necessary, be used to hold funeral services. Within its walls, the building also had a hydraulic lift that would raise the coffin to platform level. Once the travelling cadavers reached the cemetery, 
the train would reverse down a dedicated branch line leading to two stations on the grounds. One station was for the burial of Anglicans, and the other was for the nonconformists, which meant the non-Anglicans, or those that did not wish to have a Church of England funeral. The lines were also used to transfer large numbers of the exhumed bodies during a mass removal of several London graves. The station's waiting rooms and train compartments, both for the dead and the living, were separated by religion and class, ensuring that the mourners and deceased would not have to sit amongst those of a different social background. Unfortunately for the LNC, they had failed to gain the monopoly of the burial industry, and the idea was not as successful as its promoters had first wished it to be. They had initially planned to carry between 10,000 to 50,000 bodies per year, but in 1941, they managed slightly over 200,000 burials, working out at only 2,300 bodies per year for 87 years of its operation. In 1899, the location of the necropolis terminus was found to block the planned expansion of Waterloo Station. After lengthy discussions and much negotiation, the London and Southwestern Railway and the London Necropolis Company reached an agreement. The LSWR would re-equip the LNC and supply it with a new station close by on Westminster Bridge Road. This new building was designed to contrast other funeral directors' buildings by being as attractive as possible. In 1902, the railway moved into its glamorous new building, and the previous station was demolished. On the 16th of April 1941, during the events of the Second World War, the London terminus was severely damaged in an air raid, leaving what was left behind as totally unusable. The London Necropolis Company did continue to operate, with the occasional funeral service held from Waterloo to Brookwood Railway Station that sat immediately north of the cemetery. But the London Necropolis Railway itself would never be used again. Once World War II had ended, the LNC decided that it would not be financially viable to reopen the London Necropolis Railway. Eventually, the surviving part of the building was instead sold off as office space. And to this day, the remnants of this building remain intact and relatively unaltered since its opening, although to many that pass it, its fascinating, morbid history is unknown. This is not the only part of this dark history that remains. The two stations in Brookwood Cemetery remained open as refreshment kiosks for a fair amount of years afterwards were also eventually demolished. Now, the side of the cemetery that was set aside for the nonconformists sits heavily overgrown in the greenery of the grounds, whilst the side of the Anglicans is now the location of the Russian Orthodox Monastery, which incorporates the surviving station platform and the former station chapels. If there's any takeaway from this legend and its eventual truth, it is that even though we should take any outlandish story with a pinch of salt. We must also ensure that we do not dismiss concepts straight out of the gate. Certain tales may sound odd or too outlandish to be true, but it is worth remembering.
that the world still holds many surprises. Urban Legends is researched, written, and produced by Luke Mordew. Original score by Billy Jupp, with additional sounds from storyblocks.com. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, click subscribe on your chosen podcast provider and delve into the mysteries of our previous and future chapters. To find more, including merchandise, video content, images, and more, visit urbanlegendsfolklore.com. If you have more information or a correction on something mentioned in this chapter, please get in touch through our website. We aim to ensure that all information provided is accurate and up-to-date, and this remains a top priority. If you want to support the show, receive early access, and have more of a say in what we do, then become a patron by clicking the link in our show notes. For these chapters in video format, simply search Urban Legends Folklore on YouTube. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and threads, and join our Facebook group by searching Urban Legends Folklore.